welcome to another episode of the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. This is episode 48, and I'm Craig. I am Britt. Britt, we're back, and hopefully for another week, well, hopefully, hopefully there's more football news this week. Oh, I've got football news. Yeah, I saw your notes uh, before we started, and it was a couple pages long. Yes. And Britt actually has his notes this week. Yes, I have learned the glory of synchronized note-taking through Microsoft services through OneNote so that I can't lose them. If I have access to a computer, I have, have access them. to my notes. Excellent. Excellent. But let's um, first, let's start with what you handed me. What is this? I'm about to pop um, it open. So I had a coworker, a coworker and I had a conversation about beer a couple weeks ago. Uh-huh. And he's also really into beer. So he was like, hey, have you ever had this beer or beer by this brewery called Other Half? Uh, it's in Brooklyn, New York. And I was like, no, I've heard of them, but I've never had any of their stuff. I hope I don't like it. My wife hates Brooklyn. And, oh, dear. So he was like, I'm going there next weekend. Mm-hmm. Look at their look what they have now because they have new Carolyn releases um, every week. Every week they put out something different. Something different. So I was like, hey, sure, man. If you're gonna if you're willing to bring them back, so I picked out two. Uh, this was the IPA I picked. Okay. Uh, this is called Stacks on Stacks Double Dry Hopped Imperial India Pale Ale. It is eight point five percent. And I'm drinking it now. And he's drinking it now. So strong nose, moderate life light penetration, much like a New England IPA. Let's see how it tastes. He's taking a sip. He has taken his first sip. He's thinking about it. I'm going to open mine. Yeah. He's still thinking. He's still thinking. (laughs) Very interesting. Craig is sipping it now. I am going to say I like this. It's dry up front front, and then even drier on the back. It's very hoppy up front, but smooth at the same time. Yeah. It finishes smoother than it starts. Yeah. It has a very strong nose. It's a strong nose and very a very hoppy flavor up front, right? But then it's really mellow, which is unusual with the IPAs outside of the New England style IPAs. Normally, you get the smooth up front, and the the hops come come out of the glass and smack you in the face. Yeah, I didn't feel that with this at all. No, so this was Um, different. It's different. It's good. It's doesn't. It's eight point five percent. Oh God, eight point five. Yes. So we'll see where this leads us. Call me an Uber. (laughs) Call me an Uber. Well, I only have one, so I should be okay. I'm okay. Yeah, it's I'm fine. it's different though. I mean, if you are put off by hops, yeah, content, you're not gonna like this. You're not gonna like it. You're not gonna, you're like, not gonna like the initial taste. And that but goes then for it most just, dry hops. It just beers. goes away. Yeah, most dry hopped beers you're not gonna like if you don't like hops. Period. Right. Don't pick up a dry hop. Somebody says to me, "Hey, try this. It's dry hopped." Don't drink that if you don't like hops. Right. You're gonna get a lot of hop flavor out of those. So I, I'm not saying I dislike this. We'll, we'll see in a couple of minutes and see how much you take some more sips there. Well, I'm definitely have more of it. I've got a feel. Okay, it's a 16 ounce can, so I'm, I'm gonna. That, I'm not gonna let it go to waste. <laughs> you know, I'm not. I'm not a college student at a frat party drinking Natty Light. I mean, <laughs> so <Pabst>. anyway, <laughs> or past PBR. We had a prolonged conversation. My uh, old coworker Drew, who I used to work with at the Bluefish, and his fiance Dom about college drinking habits. And Dom told us a story, which was very funny, about one time one of the newbies brought like a, a a cube of like PBR. It was like, look, everybody, PBR. And they were cheap college students. And they looked at the the, the girl and said, this group drinks Natty Ice. <laughs> Go back, return your $10 cube and bring us a $4.99 cube of natural ice. And it was it was just it was just funny hearing her tell the story. They were actually offended by PBR being too highbrow wow. for poor college students. Wow. So, 
really? <laughs> yeah. Well, it, that was back when we were in school, man. That was the that was the beer. You had ten bucks in your pocket. And you wanted to have a few drinks that night. That's what you went with. You went with that. So, all right, on to burning hot take questions while we sip the beer. You want to go first? You want to go second? And don't uh, look at those notes I'll at the go top. Second. All right. Number one. Number one. Really An obituary sounded- was printed recently oh, in a boy. newspaper in Minnesota. Did you happen to see this? I did not see this. Okay, well, I'm opening it right now because I would like to read you this woman's obituary. Okay. I will I will leave out the name. All right. We'll call her Mrs. X. Mrs. X was born on March 19th, 1938 to Mr. and Mrs. X. She married some guy at St. Anne's in Wabasso in 1957 and had two children who I won't name. Okay. In 1962, she became pregnant by her husband's brother, who is also named here. Oh, dear. And then moved to California. She abandoned her children, who were then raised by her parents and Clement. Uh, She passed away on May 31st, 2018 in Springfield and will now face judgment. Oh, dear. She will not be missed by her children, and they understand that this world is a better place without her. That is a legitimately printed obituary from a newspaper in Minnesota. Okay. They cite that she cheated on her husband with her brother-in-law. Right. That she abandoned her kids to run away with him, and that they're glad she's dead and hope she faces judgment in the hereafter. Okay. I don't know where this is going. <laughs> is it legit for that newspaper to print that? I'm honestly, I I know this one. This one comes I, out of left field. I really reach really for does. this one. Um, I worked for a newspaper. A very, I know that's why I brought it to a you. A very small one, and I gotta say. Newspapers in general are not in a good way with revenue. Ah. So if someone's paying for an ad and it's not directly hate speech or offending someone. Right. It's going in the paper. Well, the offended party here is dead. Yes, it doesn't matter. And And they charge, charge by the word. Oh, yes. And the children I did not name were the ones who paid for this obituary. Yeah. So this has caused quite a stir online. As people have been like, well, wait a minute, shouldn't the newspaper have said, no, we don't, we have a policy against this. But again, newspaper needs money, becomes a big deal. More to the point, honest obituaries, I totally want to see more of them. That would be something. We should start a website for that. When I die, first. when I die, Craig, because we all know that I will die at your hand. That has been preordained <laughs> since the beginning of time. At one point, you will lose patience with me and you will throttle me to death. I want you and Christy to write an honest obituary that's something like... Brit died. My God, was he fat. If I hadn't strangled him, he probably would have had a heart attack in a year or two anyway. So screw it. We just sped up the inevitable. Honest obituary is the way to go. Not this foo-foo stuff like, well, they volunteered one time at a dog shelter. So they're automatically a saint BS that we see in most obituaries. Be honest. I mean, that's just be honest, the obituary. Personally, if it's submitted by the family and like you said, doesn't doesn't, you know, cause something that's going to make you get sued or have uh, the the government coming down on you, print it's, it. It's going in there. Print it. So, all right. So there we go. There's our off-topic uh, burning hot take question. Lady of Minnesota, rest in peace, even though no one apparently will miss you. <laughs> what have you got for me? <laughs> that, I, I started way um, out there today. You really did. I did. I, I, you're, you're, I, I wanted to catch you off guard, and I think I did. You did. You did. I was not expecting a, uh, a newspaper newspaper-related question. question. All right. What do you got? Um, so as you know, or may have, well, I'm assuming, you know, yeah. uh, Dwight Clark passed away this week. Very sadly. Yeah. 61, 61 years old. He had a uh, ALS. Yep. Uh, he was involved in probably one of the greatest catches 
Well, yeah, I mean, it came right in the, the, the midst of that original Cowboy Niners rivalry of the early 80s before the yep. second revision at the end of the decade. Um, and yes, it basically stopped the it was basically the single point where you could every Cowboy fan begrudgingly, except for Jerry Jones, would admit is the end of their quote unquote 70s into the 80s dynasty. Jerry Jones thinks that Jerry Jones would have caught that <laughs> ball had Jerry Jones thrown him that ball into the end zone. <laughs> but Dwight Clark did that. That catch is iconic. Yep. It's that up is. there with the immaculate then, um, reception. That's that actually was my question. All right, on the history of plays, not Super Bowl plays, but plays, just plays in general. In general, because that was a playoff game. Because then the Four ers went on to beat the Bengals in the Super I Bowl. I believe that was the NFC Championship. That was. That so what was. my your question is what? question is what would you what would you put as what would be your top play? That you can think of. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of plays that we might I, are probably going to forget. But I think it's a debatable question. It is a very debatable question. That's one of them. The Immaculate Reception is another one. That was Franco Harris. Um, Help me out, Pittsburgh people. I believe so. I have to look it up. I'm not I'm not a Pittsburgh fan. Yeah, you know, no. So well, I, neither am I. <laughs> uh, but while you're talking about that, what about the David Tyree helmet catch? Yeah. That's kind of a big to-do in a major game. Yeah. Um, if we're going to go outside the realm of playoffs, there's probably a half dozen or so Randy Moss one-handers that would have that to enter the conversation. Yeah. yeah, that you know, he went up with one hand and somehow got his feet in bounds kind of thing. And don't forget, that was largely in that era where being pushed out was a questionable call. I mean, now it's if you get pushed out, you get pushed out. Right. But back then, it was a judgment call by the officials whether or not you got pushed out or not. That changed things a lot. Uh, I'm so I mean, if you're talking about playoffs, you're talking about you're talking about Tyree, you're talking about the immaculate reception, you're talking about Dwight Clark. I mean, it's just I I, I don't know. It's I, I would have to put Dwight Clark way up there. The immaculate reception is an amazing play, but it's an oh look what I found situation. I mean, I remember back when, back when I was at Fairfield Prep. Funny story. We were playing. I can't remember what team it was. Number one team in the state, and on a crucial third down in a tie game. He threw a pass to a guy who literally slipped as he turned to look back towards the quarterback to catch the ball and slid flat on his ass. He is now laying on the ground, staring at the sky. The prep player tries to intercept the ball and ends up tipping it straight up. The ball goes straight up and straight down into the player laying on the ground's chest, and he literally just wraps his arms around it and lays there. Is that a great catch? Um, Or is that, look what I found? That's a look what I found in an in a, in a amazing way. That To a certain extent, the, the immaculate reception was, look what I found. Franco Harris reacted to, and I keep saying Franco Harris, I'm 90% sure it was uh, him. I'm going to look it up now. Please do, because I want to make sure I'm saying this right. At 90% that he just happened to be in the right place at the right time and had the awareness to say, holy crap, the ball is in my reach. That's really, I'm not saying the play was not amazing. I'm not saying he didn't do a great job. But sometimes these things are somewhat circumstantial. Dwight Clark was the intended receiver. That he was. And he went up to get that ball. That's amazing to me. Uh, Franco Harris. It was Franco Harris. Okay, great. Well, I haven't screwed up the first time already <laughs> today because this beer is strong. It Let is me strong. tell you, I'm, half, I'm, I'm not even halfway through my glass, and I'm like, let me yeah. tell you what I think about the government. <laughs> Government's gonna, watching he's you. He's going to turn into Ric Flair. No, you know, I was watching. Uh, those who know me know I'm a big mystery science theater fan. There's an episode called Werewolf. 
Okay. Which is absolutely the worst pseudo science fiction fantasy movie I've ever seen in my entire Worse life. Worse than Night of the Lupus. Yes. Oh, wow. I've seen Night of the Lupus. Night, Night of the Lepus. Lepus. Night of the Lepus. Lupus is a terrible disease, Craig. Don't make That's that mistake. Sorry. Sorry. Night of the Lepus, which Words. had, which don't forget, starred DeForest Kelly. He, that it did. Who was that also Dr. Did. McCoy. And that's every time I watch it, because the, the Rift Tracks guys did a copy, copy of that. But Werewolf, in short, one of the side characters that serves no purpose is this extremely paranoid Michigan militia style caretaker named Sam. And he just wanders around making weird statements about how things are happening. I don't even know how I got on this topic. How did I get here? <laughs> you were talking about Mystery Science Theater, but then... Yeah, but how did I get to Mystery Science Theater? Uh, I don't know. You just started talking about oh, it. Damn it. All right. Drop that. <laughs> edit that out, will you? He's not going to edit that out. Just so I'm not going to edit that out. Okay, good. Let's move on. <laughs> I don't remember what it was, but Sam was like extremely crazy keeper. My wife, if I'm listening, when I'm listening to this tomorrow, I'm going to be like, oh, that's what I meant. That's where I meant to go with it, but that's tough. So anyway, let's take this opportunity to say hi to Deb. Hi, Deb. We will see you guys Saturday. And, um, Jeff, if you're listening to this, uh, you were in my store the other day and um, I waved at you and you just looked at me. Yes. So, hi, Jeff. Well, but you know what? <laughs> Jeff is my third question. Have you seen what's going on at Jeff's school? Jeff is a teacher at Notre Dame of Fairfield. Yeah. Have you seen what's going on there this Saturday? I've seen. It is the second annual Bacon and Brew Fest. I would love to go, but I already have plans booked. That was an error on my part, but... If you're listening to this before uh, Saturday, June 9th, and you have nothing better to do, go to Notre Dame of Fairfield. Yeah, I missed. I wanted to go last year, too. I was working. This is two straight years we've dropped balls. Damn it. Two straight That's years. It. We'll have to schedule it. And for here's the thing. Next year. I looked at their lineup. Yeah. Their lineup is all breweries we like. Two Roads, Lock City, Nebco, Redding, all beers we featured on this podcast. That's right. We should be a, they should sponsor us. That, yeah. Two roads, hashtag sponsors. <laughs> um, but all, all nice. of these, uh, these different, these different beers that we've, we've tried. So it would make sense for us to go and it's reasonably priced. I think the tickets at the door are 35 bucks. That's not bad. That's what most places charge for beer fest in advance. They charge 35 to 45 and that's bucks. food. Yeah, no. And they've got food trucks coming. Yeah. Tipsy Cones is going to be there. Ice cream made with alcohol. Why aren't we going to this? I don't know. Because we didn't plan in advance. That's bad. Answer. Small, yeah. That's... So that was my that was my 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 third point under burning hot takes was not so much a question as a statement of we are idiots for not going to this event. So next year we will definitely have to. And and Jeff did uh, shout out at us on Twitter and say, hey, by the way, we have this. So you know, definitely if you're avail- if you're interested, go to their website, which is nd baconbrew.com um, or search Notre Dame Bacon and Brew Fest. Uh, it is this Saturday, June 9th. So if you're listening to this on Friday when we release, which is when most people download us, definitely go check it out. All right, on to the football stuff. All right. Okay. First and foremost, we got invited to participate in the Beat the Addicts uh, Fantasy Football League sponsored by the Fantasy Football Addicts on Twitter. Right. Uh, another podcast, another site that does the same sort of stuff we do. Really nice guys, been really helpful to us. We got our draft assignment. We did. We will not be drafting till July, but they gave us our draft assignment in advance so that we can all overthink our drafting position. <laughs> it's a 12-team PPR league in a snake draft. Do you remember? Uh, I think I sent you a text. Do you remember where we're drafting? I believe it was ninth. We are drafting ninth. God, I hate Yeah, I'm so used to our league. I hate snake drafts All right, so, so our, our live league is a rotating draft it's like, where it's one through... It's like through, the NFL almost. Oh, mm, no, the it's, NFL just repeats. 
True. They don't drop down. They don't drop down. Yeah. We do a one through ten, then ten goes, then one through nine, then nine and ten go. So it's a rotating where there's always a double, but the double rotates upward slowly. Right. So you so eventually everybody gets a shot at the double pick. This is pure snake. So we're drafting ninth and 16th overall. That means we have two picks and the rest are all guesses. <laughs> yes. So here's the question to you yep. early on. Who are you hoping to get at the nine pick in the football addicts draft? Um, I would say we have to go running back. Okay. Like it's almost a must in a snake draft to go running back first. I'm pulling up the current ADP according to fantasy pros. All now right. it's early. They only have data from two or three sites. They don't have their Yahoo data. They don't have nah, their CBS data. But anymore. right now, if everything held true to form, the nine pick would be Kareem Hunt. That's not bad. A week ago, it was Saquon Barkley. Well, that might be more interesting. He's moved up to six. Uh, personally, I don't want any Seven. Steelers. Okay, so I that's and, and that goes that's to me personally. Yeah, I, it's too I, much drama. I one put, tantrum away from going like three and what fifteen or one 14. lost part. I mean, Antonio Brown gets hurt and they couldn't recover, or Ben Ross. Let's put it this way: between suspensions and injuries, they've dealt without individual pieces multiple times in the last couple of years, and they've still been okay. But I I agree with you. I, I one pundit said to me this week on Twitter, "Who's the one guy you're absolutely not getting any shares of this year?" And my answer was Ben Roethlisberger, because I just have a gut feeling something's going wrong in Pittsburgh this year. If Antonio Brown goes down, Roethlisberger's useless. If Le'Veon Bell goes down, Roethlisberger is worthless because they're just going to double team Brown all day. Right. I just don't. Juju Schuster Smith. Right. So I think, you know, there's some logic to saying, all right, I still love Antonio Brown. He's still a stud. Le'Veon Bell is still a stud. But I am absolutely willing to say I want zero shares of Ben Roethlisberger. I agree. So okay, so here I'm going to give you I'm going to give you uh, eight through eleven. So these are people that are likely going to one of these guys is well at least two or three of these guys going to be definitely available when we pick at nine. Okay. DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. Kareem Hunt. Mm-hmm. Leonard Fournette. Odell Beckham Jr. Which one do you want? Uh, out of that list. Yes. Uh, Hunt. Yeah, I think you got to go running back early. You have to get your draft. Particularly seeing as right now the Fantasy Pros ADP, the top five players are all running backs. The first non-running back off the board is Antonio Brown at six, and then Saquon Barkley goes at seven, Uh and then it's DeAndre Hopkins at eight. So in the top eight, you have six running backs. So we're going to be... And I would, you know, I would consider Fournette, but his ankles are made of paper mache. Right. And that has been an issue with him since he was in college. Right. That's not, that's an existing, that's an existing issue. All right, so we pick again at 16. Okay. Let's presume we take Kareem Hunt. All right. So coming back around, Delvin Cook, Michael Thomas, Devontae Freeman, Keenan Allen, or Devontae Adams? Ooh. Do you double up on the running back? You got uh, you got Freeman sitting there? You got Delvin Cook maybe sitting there? I don't know. Is this a PPR league? I believe it is. I think it's Ooh. a half point. Really? I'm pretty mm, sure. That's a tough choice. That's a tough choice. I love stacking running backs, though. Yeah, I would say you have to go running back. I would probably go Dalvin Cook. Probably where I would go. That's just me. Yeah. So, which leads me into my next thing, which is Dalvin Cook has returned to the field. <laughs> well, he was hurt. Yes, he was hurt. <laughs> so, um, Joe Shad of the Palm Beach Post has reported. Oh, that's is he officially starting for that's him now? That's not. That's news about Devontae Parker. My notes somehow got screwed up. Dalvin Cook's notes and Devontae Parker's notes got merged. <laughs> well, that's okay. not good. So Dalvin Cook is back on the field. 
he said it was good to be back out there. He was enjoying being back out there. Are you at all worried? An AC, it was an ACL for him. That's not a minor injury for a running back. I mean, that's iffy. I mean, people come back from it, but it's always it's always rough because you know once you get hurt, no matter what people say, it's always in the back of your head. Oh yeah, and always. that was the argument against my anti David Johnson stance was it wasn't oh, a leg yeah. injury, it was an arm injury or hand injury. So why are you worried about him? Because injury prone is injury prone, and I worry about every injuries is what kills a fantasy team. Yes, every <laughs> single year. If you could predict injuries to the point where you could eliminate injury prone players or if injuries that are going to occur, every game would be like two points apart. It's just it's yeah. It's the biggest. It's the biggest. What if? Because like, look at quarterbacks that have been hurt. When they come back, they're not the same the next season. So that brings up Aaron Rodgers. Is Aaron Rodgers come? How do you think about Aaron Rodgers this year? I have more faith in Aaron Rodgers than I do in um, Luck. Well, yeah, because Luck has already missed an entire year. Yeah, and I'm, no one has seen him throw. <laughs> I am done hearing about Andrew Luck until I see him on the field. He's a he's a reach right now. He's yeah, a reach. He would be. Oh my God! I need a backup quarterback. Let me draft somebody. For me, it might be even third string. Yeah. Or I, I've got I, my guy doesn't have a week off until week eight and he's reliable. So I'm going to take I'll take him there and I can always make an adjustment later. You know. Yep. All right. So uh, moving on other news. So Dalvin Cook, I'm excited about Dalvin Cook's return. I would love to get but a he's couple. officially starting. Like, is it going to be? Well, his? Yeah, because McKinnon's gone. That's true. McKinnon's gone. True. He is. He is the starter. What kind of workload he'll see? We'll have to see. Dalvin Parker, Devante, Dalvin, oh, Jesus, <laughs> Devante Parker is impressing the Dolphins folks with his worth work ethic. All right, that's it. No more beer. Joe Shad of the Palm Beach Post said, quote, few if I'm sorry, quoted coaches as saying Joe didn't say this. He quoted coaches as saying, quote, few if any players have spent more time in the building than Parker since last season ended. He's been focused on managing his health as well as studying film, end quote. Does this make you put Devontae Parker a little further up your wide receiver list? No. Me neither. He's a dolphin. He's a dolphin. <laughs> Who's a dolphin quarterback? For the moment, it's Ryan Tannehill. For, for now. <laughs> and we I've been on record before. I was a big Tannehill support. Two years ago, I was all about Tannehill is gonna break out. You were it was like me with Nick Foles. Or not Nick Foles. Well, but, you were uh, right and I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, like me and um, Bortles. Blake Bortles. <laughs> Everybody loves Blake Bortles. You gotta stop Blake Bortles, DFS. Every week. Blake hey, he's, Bortles. He's cheap in DFS. He's cheap. He's great. He's got to throw for 475 yards every year in London. Every year. And they send him every year to London because he's that bad. <laughs> uh, two years ago, 2015, I was huge. 2016, 2016, sorry. I was huge on Tannehill. This was going to be a breakout year. I was hearing a lot of positive buzz. John Hansen of um, Football Guru um, was huge on him. And then last year, I was like, eh. And then he got hurt. This year, I'm done. You're done. I'm done. I won't have any shares of Tannehill. The only the None. only way I will have Tannehill shares if my choices are between Ryan Tannehill and Ben Roethlisberger. That's it. And we'll if do it. Those are your only choices. You drafted very poorly. Yeah, you waited too long <laughs> on quarterback. Is what it comes down to. You waited too long. Those are your choices. I am happy to see that Devontae Parker is improving, but I am more likely to grab him on a DFS week early in the season where he's got a good matchup, mm-hmm. where he's still cheap than I am to draft him in a season long. If week three comes along and he hasn't, he's been okay, but not fantastic. And he's got a really soft secondary looking at him and he's under three grand. I'll put him in a DFS lineup, but I am not drafting him for season long. Not going to do it. No, I don't blame you. 
Unless he's a late stash. Season long is a totally different beast than DFS. It is, and that's the thing. With DFS, you can take those chances when you sense something's about to break out. Yeah. You might get lucky, and if you season don't... Season long, you're like, uh, Yeah, season long, I, you're stuck. You're like, I have to keep this guy on my right. bench. Right, you're stuck. It's like handcuffing um, running backs. You exactly. always draft their backup. <laughs> exactly. And, and then when you get to be in the New Orleans or Atlanta situation, and the backup is actually scoring as much or more than the starter now you got a problem yeah you know you don't have that problem in dfs which is nice which is very nice okay back to the notes what else we got here christian mccaffrey let's talk about him yeah they I had him last year yep what, what, what's your feelings on christian mccaffrey in general um if your league scores uh, points per reception mm-hmm. uh, he is a good add-on but if you're looking just for a running back that's going to run for you know 80 to 120 yards a game and two touchdowns that's not him Wrong. It's not him. Absolutely wrong. And not with the way Carolina's offense is. Wrong. There's no way that's happening. Wrong. Incorrect. Wrong. <laughs> okay, so I'm just messing around there. But here's here's why he comes up. David Newton of ESPN is reporting that Christian McCaffrey has been told to expect a bigger workload and could see as many as 200 touches over the course of the season. That's 12.5 touches a game. Yeah, but that's not... They didn't specify. Be specific. Specify. There you go. Be specific about if it was receptions or handoffs. Well, here's the thing. In week one last year, he gave McCaffrey 13 handoffs. And uh, uh, he He had 18 total touches. (laughs) Yeah, 13. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, his yardage per uh, carry was not high. Not good. (laughs) Not high. But supposedly they're gearing him up for a bigger load. Does this push him up your list? In a PPR, presuming PPR. Presuming PPR? Correct. Uh, a little bit, but since I had him last year, I'm not expecting. Absolutely not. It does not like push him up my list. Because of their offense, yeah. like they're not a running offense. The only time they really want to run is when Cam Newton is doing the running. Right. He's essentially their second running back. Right. Or their starting so running So unless back, you really. get points for blocking... You're not going to get a lot of points out of Christian McCaffrey as compared to last year. I really don't it's see. It's going to be about the same. If you said to me, pick one of the sophomore running backs, because don't forget, we had a lot of really good. And this was a question on Twitter. Uh, Hunt, Cook, McCaffrey. Who else was a rookie last year? Kamara. Who else am I forgetting? Kamara. Who's sliding backwards next year? It would be McCaffrey for me. Out of that list? Yeah. Yes. No question that McCaffrey's again, the one not because of his talent, just because of the team that he is on. Because of the scheme, and I don't, I don't care that they say he's going to get more touches. I don't, I don't. I've heard this before, and you're right. Ron Rivera's offense is not like that. So well, it's I'm based around Cam Newton and whatever exactly. he wants so to do. <laughs> I'm not buying. I'm not buying it. Will he see more touches because they're throwing more passes his way? Maybe, well, maybe. But then what you're going to end up having is you're going to have a cornerback blitz every single time he rolls out into the flat. As soon as he does not break towards the line of scrimmage or start to block on any given play, a linebacker is going to cruise into the backfield and, and cover him. That's why you can't yeah. run screen plays every single play. They can run the option. You can't run the option. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't, we're not going to go there. Carson Wentz. Next note. Carson Wentz scheduled to be open, ready for opening day. Fantasy Pros says that if this is true, this makes him a top three fantasy quarterback in drafts. Again, the injury is a big question. If you knew right now that he was ready for opening day, is he a top three quarterback? Yeah, that's a tough choice. Who do you put ahead of him? Let's put it that way. I mean, because even I would say Aaron Rodgers, but he got hurt too. So you really I have would have no, Rodgers ahead of him. 
you really have no idea how he's going to be. I would have Rodgers ahead of him, and I'd have Brady ahead of him at the very least. So there's two. So now he's best case scenario three. I've seen people put Newton ahead of him. No. No? Eh, well, again, if, if you're factoring in the injury part of it. What about Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson. Let me tell you about Russell Wilson. All right, please. Tell us about Russell Oh, had, my God. You, is, your, is your beer glass empty? No, I've been using the can. Oh, okay. I was just going to say, if you're going to go into let me tell you about mode, <laughs> I want to make sure you haven't finished that whole beer. No, no, no. All right, talk to me about Russell Wilson. F- Fantasy-wise. Yeah. Russell Wilson is like, well, you really never know what you're going to get with Russell Wilson. Don't don't say the box of chocolate. Uh, I'm not. Obviously. I'm not. But seriously, uh, fantasy-wise, he'll either have, you know, 85 yards rushing and a touchdown. Right. And, like, you know, 320 yards passing and two two touchdowns. Right. Or he'll have the next week, he'll go, he'll rush for 20 yards. He'll throw for 102 yards and have three interceptions. Keep and on I that have, vein. I have had him multiple times over the course of our league, and I keep running into this every single time. I have Russell Wilson. I'm pulling up his stats in our live league from last year. So, <laughs> okay. Oh, why is it giving me the 2018 stats already? Here we go. Right. Okay. But definitely quarterback wise, I would probably, I would put Drew Brees above Carson Wentz. CBS is going to disagree with you. This is a full point PPR league. I'm going to read down his game log. All right. This is just fancy points. Okay. Nine. Okay. 16, 46, 29, 12, 39, <laughs> 49. 25, 20, 32, 25, 26, 24, and then he trails off a little bit. But between week with the ex, between weeks three and fourteen last week last year, mm-hmm. he had one game under twenty points. I don't know. It didn't really feel that way. I didn't have him last year. I'm talking about previous years. Okay. All right. That's fair. I was going by past experience having him on. That's team. fair. That's fair. I'm just telling you, it, it, he smells like he's going to have a really solid year. I would absolutely take him over Carson Wentz. Absolutely uh, take him over Carson well, Wentz. Well, NFL.com has Ben Roethlisberger rated over Wentz. When was that last updated? This news is from yesterday. Uh, this is from March. 12th. Okay, so there's there's the question. We didn't know what's going on with his health, so that's a legitimate criticism. Now that we're starting to hear reports that he's doing well, I think that it's a little bit more credence into the how high is he? And I I think he maybe he's definitely top ten. I'll yes. say that. Yeah, he is. But I don't know that he's top five, and I definitely don't think he's top three on my list. Okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, this whoa, whoa! This article whoa, whoa. I'm looking at on NFL.com about quarterback rankings. Yeah, it does. It does 32 rankings. Right. Would you care to guess who they have at number ten? Uh, number ten. Number ten. Take a wild guess. Mm, all right, wild guess time. Mm-hmm. Andrew Luck. You are correct. They People have are speculating. They have him ahead of Rivers, Garoppolo, Cousins, Dak. Garoppolo, I heard. Alex Smith. Garoppolo and MFL 10s. Are you familiar with the MFLs? No. They're cheap kind of leagues that run through. I bo- Oh, God. Who runs them now? A different company took them over. But MFL 10s are cheap leagues that are just basic kind of I want to wait and they call it MFL 10s because they're 10 bucks to get in. They're not they're not high money leagues, but they run like all the time and there's like 75 drafts a day. So the MFL 10 ADPs are considered somewhat reliable. Jimmy Garoppolo is the number 10 quarterback off the board on the MFLs. Really? Yes. So that's way higher than what you were reading right now. Yeah, that was from this is from March. Andy Dalton is at 21. 
I don't have a lot of faith in Dalton this year. He's going to be a stash and stash and pray. Yeah, he's he's going to be a good backup. If you can afford with your roster to run three deep, he's the kind of guy you want to look at. You have the you have the up in your. You know who your, the best backup is, in my opinion. Who's that? Flacco. Nick, best backup. Backup. Fantasy. Fantasy backup. backup. Why? Season long, because he's consistent. But we've talked about this. This is where wide receivers go to die. Yeah, I know. But if he's just a fill in for a week or two weeks, it's fine. <sighs> you have nothing to worry about when you. Do you have that list up on your on your your quarterback um, rankings? Yeah. Well, right. this is the NFL's. All right. right. So tell me who twenty one through twenty five is. Let's talk about this for a few minutes. All right. Uh, we talked about Par- Palmer's okay, twenty one, so, not Palmer. Uh, all right. So I'll, I'll go at twenty. Okay. Yeah. Jarrett Goff is twenty. Okay. Which I think it's kind of low for him. Which I, you know I've seen that in my my research had him low too. Because people, I mean, the on paper the Rams look amazing. <laughs> But people don't have faith in him. A lot of what they look amazing for is their running game. And their defense. Right. Uh, okay. Dalton's 21. Okay. Tyrod Taylor's 22. I think he's a fantastic stash and hope. I would put him above Dalton in stash and hopes. 23 is your favorite, Ryan Tannehill. No. 24 is Flacco. <sighs> 25 is Eli Manning. Now, remember, both of these quarterbacks have won Super Bowls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they're also in the twilight of their career. They are. They are uh, much 26 older than they were. is Patrick Mahomes. See, I think that's a low. I've seen Pat Mahomes go a lot higher than that. In Dynasty in particular, Pat Mahomes, because of his age, is going really high. Yeah, um, I think he's going to be a top 15 quarterback. I think he's a QB1, maybe a QB2. And this, because of when this, this article happened right. before the draft, so 27, Sam Bradford. The problem is Bradford's got to stay healthy. And that's always been his problem, and it always will be his problem. Yep. Until he has a full 16-game season. I mean, that's the thing. I read an article today, and Gronk was on my list of people to talk about. We probably won't get to him today. But um, it's not about if he'll get hurt. It's when. And it's the same thing for Rob Gronkowski. He hasn't played a full 16-game season since 2011. Gronk hasn't. Right. Bradford's in the same category. He's a talented dude in the right situation. He could be really He's strong. He's just brittle. <laughs> but he is made out of paper mache. And that is the biggest problem. So if I could say anything to these guys, and again, everyone knows, if you've talked to me on Twitter and or you witnessed my David Johnson argument with <laughs> on Twitter, you would know my biggest concern with folks isn't potential, it's injury. Because it's the one thing I can't measure out. Right. So guys like Bradford, variable. Gronk, David Johnson, these are guys who have multiple injuries in the last Fournette. couple of years. Well, how many games did Fournette miss last year? Two? Two, but he has a history of ankle injuries. Fantastic, but he still only missed two games in his first full year. Right. So I'm okay with that. If he misses two games every single year for 10 years, I worry about it. Yes, I take the the college thing into consideration, but it's not going to stop me from drafting him if he's the best player available. It's just not. It's just not. It doesn't mean he's going to be a top five back um, on my list. He's not. Let's see who's left here. Um, Case Keenum. Eh. Bridgewater. Nope. Uh, Josh McCown. We don't know who's starting there. One of those two is going to be starting for the Jets. I think it's going to be the first one. Probably. Yeah, I don't. I I think McCown may start opening day, but I don't think he's going to be the starter Uh, the whole season. It it fills out with Jacoby Brissett and Nick Foles. Mm. Neither of those two. Well, we don't know if Brissett's going to start because we don't know. I would not touch Brissett or Foles. I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch either. I wouldn't touch either. Nope. So if you're looking for your reach there, I'm looking at Dalton or I'm looking at Goff. That's where I'm looking for my reaches because or Mahomes or Mahomes. I think I think Mahomes has moved up the list quite considerably. So all right, Craig. Final yep. thoughts going into this um, week. Final thoughts. It's again, it's another week closer to football. Uh, I have a quick question for you. Sure. 
Um, so is Des Bryant going to find a home? Yes, he will. It's just a matter of when. Okay. I, I don't believe that the interest is knocking down his door. If it was, he would have signed by now. Somebody would have driven a dump truck full of money up to his house and said, let's do this. But I also don't feel like there has not been interest. I feel like they're being cautious. They're being t- uh, time consuming, for lack of a better term. And I think eventually he will sign. All right. That's my that's my final on that. So All right. So my final thought this week is we are, as Craig said, so close to the season. We still have spots in our listener league. We have two more episodes after this before the start of season two, where we start getting into rankings. The beginning of July basically begins July and August, folks, is draft season. There are some early drafts going on right now in May and June, but July is draft season and we will be full hardcore season long draft prep in July. So you can expect that from us. Um, other than that, we appreciate everybody listening. Leave us a review. Craig, you final thoughts? You had a final um, question, but you have a final thought? Uh, yeah, actually, reviews on iTunes really help. Yes. Review on iTunes. Yes, I'm not trying to toot our own horn or make us sound like we're desperate here. But, but really, we're one of the only one of two podcasts that go over fantasy football and beer. Yes. That we know of. Yes. So. And, you know, we're trying to do the best we can. We're bringing the, the best quality we can to you guys, so we really appreciate you all listening. Um, uh, at Fignuts DFS, my God, that beer's hitting me. <laughs> at Fignuts DFS for Twitter feedback, FignutsDFS at gmail.com or visit our website, FignutsDFS.com. And, uh, you know, leave us some info or if you have any questions, particularly if you have draft questions going into the redrafts. I know now is a big dynasty time and dynasty is not my expertise. I've been trying to help out people as much as possible. But please reach out to us. We'd love to have your questions going into our episodes in July. Until then, we will talk to you next week. I am Britt. I'm Craig. This is the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. The sound check. We're just doing a sound check. Check, okay. check, check. So I got to talk into the microphone or talking like this. Let me exactly. talk a little bit about. You this, go ahead and talk so we can get a sound check. The stupidity that's going on with the freaking Eagles and Donald Trump and stupidity. Why do we have to spend so much goddamn time on this? I'm, 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 not do, sure. I'm doing this during sound check so I don't talk about it during the podcast, honestly, because I know you're going to discard this. But you know what? I am so freaking tired of thinking about non fantasy football when it comes to football. It is annoying. Oh, my God. It and it's annoying. unavoidable. It's everywhere. Adam Schefter's t- tweeting about it. I don't care. I don't want to hear it. The guy's a jackass. The Eagles are smarter than he is. Blah, blah, blah. Hashtag yeah. MAGA. Let's move on. Yeah, and only apparently one Eagle was going to show up anyway. Yeah, Nick Foles! <laughs> like the lone white guy you can name on the team. <sighs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, there's a couple others. I'm, yeah, I'm just, I'm overgeneralizing there, obviously, but all right. All right, good. Check this out. Let's get going.